This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome into the MBFC First and Goal podcast. I'm Kelly Burke, and spring football is in full force right now across the Missouri Valley Football Conference, including in Macomb, Illinois, at Western Illinois. And joining me on the podcast today is the new head football coach at Western, Jared Elliott. Coach, welcome to the show. And, you know, are you starting to get used to hearing the the new introduction? I am. I'm starting to get used to that. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's been awesome. You know, it's been a really, really smooth transition for me. It's a little bit unique and a little bit different than when some there's coaching changes. And, and, uh, you know, most of the staff has been here. I've been here. So there's a familiarity I already have with the program, with the people, obviously with our players. And so that's helped a lot. Uh, but yeah, my legs are getting under me where the, the whirlwind has started to die down and, and uh, we are, we, we're already into spring ball now and starting practice number three for us tomorrow. So uh, we've had a good start. You had said, you know, during your introductory press conference on January 4th that, you know, this is really a dream realized for you. And so I'm curious, you know, why is this your dream job? Well, I, I think, you know, I think probably a lot of guys that are in the coaching profession share the same uh, dream that I always had, and that's to be a, a, a head football coach. And um, especially at a head, at a, be a head coach at a place you really care about. And, uh, and my wife and I, our family have developed a, a really a love for the, uh, the community of Macomb, uh, Western Illinois University, this football program and the young men that we have in it. Uh, very important to us. And so not only did a dream become realized for me, um, getting an opportunity to to uh, lead a program, uh, but at a place though, again, we have a lot of very uh, deep relationships with a lot of people that we care about. And uh, so uh, it is, it is a dream come true for me, my family. And uh, so we treasure the opportunity. Well, that's a great way to look at it. I was talking to one of your mentors last night uh, in Charlie Fisher, obviously the the former head coach there. And, you know, I didn't realize, I mean, you guys go way back. Um, You know, people know about obviously Western and they know about you were a GA at Miami of Ohio Mm -hmm. for him. But you knew him back in high school in Franklin, Tennessee, when he was coaching at Vanderbilt. And so what have you learned from him, not only on the field, but off the field all these years? Charlie has been one of those true, you know, I think everybody can look at, you know, um, the, those guys that have really made an impact on their career. But even beyond that, just as an as a individual, as a person, how he's touched my life. And uh, and Charlie and I do. We, we go way back. And, and I can remember back when he was at Vanderbilt and, and going through the recruiting process there. And we, we developed a relationship and then obviously, you know, got into coaching and, and uh, we've always stayed connected. And, and that's what this, you know, coaching profession does to you. You know, the, your people are, are intertwined and connected in so many different ways and, and the relationships are so much power in it. And, uh, and Charlie has, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, he's a man that has done it the right way in this profession. 
Um, and he's had obviously a, a tremendous amount of success everywhere he's been, you know, when you look at the places he's been. And, uh, but again, the, the things that you respect the most about anybody, regardless of the line of work they're in, take all the success and wins and losses, take all that aside is the, the, the character of somebody, just how they, how they do things on a daily basis, how they, how they, you know, handle themselves, how they treat others. And I've learned a lot from him. And, and so very indebted to Charlie Fisher and, um, and the, uh, you know, what he's meant to me, um, in, in my career and in my life. And then a lot of the things that I've learned from him, you know, we're going to continue to use here at Western moving forward. He was telling me a story. Um, it would, I think it would have been your senior year at, at Miami that you, you guys played Vandy. And even though they won, you were, you know, talking, talking a little bit to him cause you had five catches in that game yeah. against him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we, we, uh, I always tease Charlie about it. They, they had a, um, an all sec, uh, nickel, uh, kind of a hybrid corner safety kind of kid. And, and, and I was a quarterback that, you know, I, I'd, I'd had several <laughs> operations done on my throwing shoulder. So I'm one of those guys that, Hey, they had to find a home for me somewhere. So I kind of fit at that hybrid tight end kind of position, but I always teased him. Hey man, what, why were you guys putting an all SEC player on a, on a big, slow former <laughs> quarterback in the slot? So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, that was neat. You know, being from the Nashville area, we went and played Vanderbilt. That, that was, that was a neat experience for me as a player. I'm sure. What advice did he have for you now that you've taken over? Because um, obviously you were aware, you know, when he was going through the whole interview process with yeah. Arizona State, you were obviously aware of everything that was going on. Yeah, you know, I, I was. I was aware that, that there was a possibility of some transition. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, everybody knew who kind of was the the next guy in line here and uh and i was very fortunate that that was me and 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 had a, you know a lot of people here that believe in what we're doing and believe in you know my leadership um but no question when, when this all happened charlie you know his biggest thing was hey jared you know at the end of the day you just got to be who you are and and um and you got to trust your instincts and the things that you believe in in your core and your, your core values and beliefs, and you have to implement that into what you're doing in your daily mission um, and that, and, and, you know, for the program. And, uh, and so, you know, th those were some of the things, you know, a lot of the things scheme-wise and all that, you know, football's football, but, you know, some of the things, again, that, you know, I've learned a lot from Charlie is just the management of a program and how to lead and how to lead the right way and, um, and how to uh, really not uh, micromanage but to empower the people that are around you. And, uh, and you know, hire good men. And 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 I will say this I, right now, Kelly. I've got a staff right here with me. A lot of the, you know some guys that have been here, um, but then obviously I've gone out and got some some new faces here. And um, and when you can hire just guys that you trust, um, guys that you just believe in, guys that you know uh, believe and and share the same vision um, of what you want to get accomplished. You know, and and I've got those guys here. And so when you have that. You you uh, you you share the overall vision for the program, and then you've got guys that you trust that you know are going to carry out that vision and carry out that job and the assignments, and and to take that message from you and and really um, you know be able to relate it to the players and by you know, according to their position groups. And so um, you know, to me, that was the biggest thing I, I took from Charlie. It was just hey, you know, just you know, trust your instincts. And, um, you know, every, you know, there, there's in this seat, there's a lot of things that are going to happen on a daily basis that you're not, you, you don't have a plan of and, and you got to react and, and there's a lot of different situations and, and, and you know, how you handle it. 
and uh, you, you trust your your, your gut and, and you make a decision that you think is always in the best interest of everybody involved uh, for the program and uh, and you move forward. And again, I've got great guys here on the staff that believe in all those things and, and, uh, and I just need to empower them to do their job. Speaking of that staff, you know, what are some of the, the role changes, so to say? Because yeah, as you said, you kept the core nucleus in place, brought yeah. on a couple new guys. Yeah. You know, we've got on the offensive side of the ball, there, there really isn't a whole lot of change and in, in, in turnover. Um, Ty Howell, is, who has been our offensive line coach, he's now a co-offensive coordinator role. And he is doing a tremendous job. He's got a lot of experience in, in some of the scheme and stuff that, that we're doing here and has been a big part of a lot of the stuff that we've done here already. Uh, David Rocco, who was formerly our wide receivers coach, he's now kind of transitioned to the quarterback position. And he's also a co-offensive coordinator. And, and you know, David is um, unbelievable, um, just, you know, big picture thought process, the way he sees um, and thinks about offensive football. He brings a lot of value to our staff and to the quarterback position. And um, J.P. Boudreaux, who's been our running back coach, is now with our tight ends. Um, we do a lot with our tight ends. We ask those guys to, to do a lot of different jobs for us. So they're very valuable. And J.P. has been in our system now for a couple of years. He's got a great handle and a great feel for what we want out of those guys. And um, he's doing a great job. And then we've hired Mike Brown. He's a new addition. He's our, our, our wide receivers coach. Really excited about Mike. Um, you know, had a good career um, playing a wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, he was most recently at Delaware, which is obviously a very well-respected program. And, and uh, so Mike, Mike is, is not only a great coach, but a great recruiter. He recruits because he loves to do it. And, and, and all those guys do. Still in the process of hiring a running backs coach. That's almost a done deal. Um, but then on the defensive side, Tyler Stockton is now our defensive coordinator. He was our D-line coach. And he coaches our outside linebackers. And really, we're very similar scheme-wise to what we've been here in the past. We're still running the 3-4. And, and our kids have confidence in that there's some continuity there and uh tyler's done a great job so far throughout spring and just his base implementation of our scheme and our teaching uh progression there and um Dion melvin who has been our inside linebacker coach he remains our inside linebacker coach our kids love him you know and that's a lot our kids love to play for him they play hard for him and uh he, he's a great motivator um, and then we hired John Hanline as our new defensive line coach, got hired him from Mississippi State. And then Josh Zeidenberg is our new defensive backs coach, and he comes from uh, Lafayette. So really excited to finally get the whole crew here and, and, and rolling, and, and, uh, and uh, those guys are doing a great job, you know, two practices into spring. You mentioned, you know, schematically you'll be largely the same, but what are some of the, the tangible differences we might notice on the field next year? Well, you know, I think that, you know, you, you always have a system. Everybody has a system, but it's a part of our job to adapt to who our players are. And, and like anybody in college football, there's going to be, um, you know, there, there's going to be turnover. And, you know, we, we graduated a big class yeah. and we, we lost guys. And, you know, we lost four out of our five starting offensive linemen. And so you're always looking, okay, within our system, within our scheme, what best fits our current players and, and what, what, what fits our personnel and there's a lot of different things that go into making those decisions. And it's um, a lot of it is youth and maturity and where guys are um, as far as uh, experience and, um, you know, what there's certain scheme that fits guys better than others. And, and you know, what, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And right now, spring football is for us to identify all of those things. And so, you know, we've got a lot of young 
guys that are um, really playing a, um, a heavy load of football for the first time. And, you know, you know it's different when you're redshirted and you're on scout teams and those things. And now they're getting a lot of reps. And, um, and so we need to identify um, a lot of positions, you know, um, on our football team still. Now, we've got some key players coming back. Uh, there's no question, but there's a lot of spots. I think everybody's in that same boat. And, you know, through, you know, graduation and all those things, you've got to resolidify certain positions. And, and spring ball is a time for those guys to compete and go earn a job. And then once you kind of get through spring, you've got a better feel for really what your team is and, and what your strengths are. And then you can start to kind of, as you go through spring and in the summer, adapt a little bit of your 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 scheme on what's best for your kids. So there's no doubt we're going to have some adjustments and wrinkles, and it's always evolving your offense and defense is. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the same here throughout the course of spring and, and you know gearing up for the fall. How much did some of your young guys and your newer guys take away from a guy like Jalen Acklin, who, you know, to the outside world had a breakout year last year. Yeah. I know I know among the co- coaching staff and on the team there, it was sort of expected he was going to, but here's a guy that, you know, he played behind Lance Lenore, he played behind Joy Borzellino, um, right. and then when he got his turn, just made the most of it. Yeah. I, I think that we've had two unbelievable examples, um, one on the offensive side and defensive side, but Jalen Acklin has been, he is, he, he's, an, he's a great story. He's a great story of someone that um, of, of, of perseverance really at the end of the day I mean he has been a guy that really um, has had to sit and watch probably more than what he was wanting um, and because he was behind some really good players and um, but Jalen is one of those guys that more you know take away all of his talent what he did on the field what what he has taught a lot of the young kids in our program is just man showing up to work every single day controlling the things that you can control your attitude and your effort and um and knowing that eventually you're going to get your moment and when you do are you prepared and are you ready for it Jalen was and he had a breakout year but what everybody doesn't see is all the years and the hours and and all the practices and the days that Jalen went through leading up to that where his name wasn't getting written in any kind of articles or he wasn't in the stat line or, or any of those things and Jalen was always Jalen. He never changed. And how he worked and how he attacked every day and how he competed, it just shows about the true character and what's really inside that young man. And that's why he's going to continue to have success. There's no secret why these guys have success. It's who they are and it's how they prepare. And Jalen was that way. So what an unbelievable example to your young kids. I mean, here's a guy that he was never selfish. He was never um, – you know, uh, he never was, you know, how some young men can get down on the coaches because they feel like they're not getting, um, you know, treated fairly or in enough playing time. Jalen was never that way. And he was a positive team guy. And he knew that his time was going to come. And he embraced his role and what it was to the team. And then finally, he got an opportunity to have a much more spotlighted role and he took advantage of it. And then the other guys, Brett Taylor, yeah, who obviously, you know, guys like this, to be quite honest, and you, you lose guys like this through graduation, your program, they're really not replaceable. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, it, it's, it's our it's our job to go out and find these guys that, that we that we can obviously try to um plug in their shoes and but they're, they're they're big shoes to fill but brett taylor has been an unbelievable example too in the mark that he's left on this program uh for our young men to see just you know just what a true what we view as a true leatherneck is that those guys embody everything uh that we want in a, in a student athlete here at western you had said in your introductory press conference that being a head coach is about motivating 
and it's about earning the trust of your players. And that's something you've obviously been doing the last two seasons. But what kinds of things have you been doing, you know, in those two areas now that you're the head coach? Yeah, I, you know, it, I think that it is a part of our job as uh, as coaches and as teachers to motivate the young men or, or women that are, you know, that you're coaching and teaching to, to find a way to spark a passion and an interest and a desire to improve in what they're doing. I, I think that that's our job. So um, a lot of our job here, a lot of we view of, of what we are to do is to create a way for our guys to always buy into whatever, you know, the vision or the mission is of our, of our program or whatever that daily objective is or whatever the, uh, the task is at hand. And, um, so yes, to us, it's really an everyday deal. So, um, but, but the biggest thing for us, the, the way that we're motivating is, is we, we always feel that in everything we do, we want to compete that there has to be a culture of competition within our program. And, and the way that we always tell our young men is the same thing in life. Football will end for everybody at some point. And it's, you know, you know, one day we're all going to be in the real world, you're, you're, whatever your line of work is, but you have to compete. You have to have a desire to want to be the very best. And to do that, you have to have a motivational factor within yourself. There's got to be, a, you know, it can't always be an external. It's got to be an intrinsic motivation. And, and, and so that's, our job is to kind of help these guys understand that to really be the best and want to be the best in everything you do, all the little details to compete in the classroom as much as you do in the weight room or on the practice field or in a game. Um, and so, you know, we're finding every little way we can to motivate our players to teach them that a competition isn't just on the field. Competition is life. And it's waking up every day when your feet hit the ground and having an attitude that, I'm going to be the best in whatever I do today and compete. And so, um, so yes, there, there's all those messages that we're um, hammering home and instilling into our program since I've been the head coach that we just want to continue to lay that foundation of a, of a culture of competition um, in everything that we do daily. I saw that that culture of competition, uh, it, it extends to the coaches too. I think I think you guys had posted a video on Twitter. I loved it. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was earlier in March before spring ball started where you, you know, you, you obviously do the, the, the workouts, the off season workouts yeah. and you had the coaches competing yeah. and, and running on the football field. So yeah. tell me, tell me about that example. <laughs> well, we, we just, you know, first of all, we, we want to make sure, um, you know, I, I, I'm a young head coach and, and we've got a younger staff and, and we just, you know, we want to have a lot of fun in what we're doing with our guys. And we want our kids to have fun. You know, a lot of times I think college football can start to feel like a job and, and I, and I never want it to be that for us. We're going to have a lot of fun. So first of all, our kids love it. They love to see, their coaches having fun and competing themselves. And so um, whatever message that we're going to drill and hammer home to our kids, the same applies to us as a staff. And so we have to be able to uh, be great role models in everything we do. So what we ask of our kids, we ask of ourselves and we hold ourselves to the same standard. And as fun as and as much fun as our kids have seeing their coaches out there flying around, running around and as bad as it looks, our kids have a blast with it. And again, it just sends a message that everybody in this program is accountable for whatever we're, we're whatever message we're trying to get across. So um, our, our coaches have a lot of fun with it, too. Yeah, it looked like it. My conversation with Jared Elliott continues in just a second, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. 
This was the first year of the early signing period in December. And what were your and your staff's impressions, you know, of the early signing period as opposed to just when it traditionally used to be in, in February only? Yeah, you know, I think everybody had a little bit of uh, uncertainty on how it would play out and what it would look like until we got through it. I think now that we're through it um, and we've seen a full term, um, I liked it. I think a lot of guys do like it. Um, and I think the reason being is, um, you know, in recruiting, everybody is going to, you know, try to attract and grab and poach other players all the way down. If, if we do a really good job early and you build great relationships with guys and they feel comfortable with their decision and they decide to sign with you in December, well, then now that removes the um, the ability for another team or, or a bigger school, which happens a lot, to come in and, and poach that player from you late. So, um, you know, I, I think that it was a it was a major benefit for us. I also feel like the big advantage on our end as an FCS school, it kind of clears the waters for you. And, and you know, in the past, it, the, the, the recruiting, it's been very murky and muddy. You just don't really know, you know, exactly what's going on with some kids until all the way until signing day. And now I think we saw – through this last cycle that it's the, the picture has been made a little more clear on where schools are with young men. And, and it's just kind of cleared things up for the FCS programs a little bit. So I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. I think it benefited us. We signed 13 guys in the December signing period and, and, you know, that we're all really excited about. And uh, so I thought, you know, through the first kind of trial uh, run, I, I think it, it, it can be a good thing. You have a very exciting non-conference schedule this coming season you play Montana State you play Montana and then you play Illinois out of the Big Ten how do you get some of the younger guys ready to step up right away um, you know week one and and perform especially as, as you said having lost your 20 seniors essentially yeah. and, and four out of five of your offensive line starters yeah yeah you know it, we have a we have a very challenging schedule this year um, and that's great it, it's awesome it, it's, it's great to be able to compete against uh, two perennial powerhouse FCS programs in Montana State and Montana have a lot of respect for uh, not only the tradition of both of those programs, but how they're coached. Um, we, we, we know the, the challenge that's ahead of us. And then obviously a Big Ten opponent, you know, another great opportunity for our kids. So uh, and then obviously Missouri Valley play on top of that. So there's no gimmies, you know, for us. And, and there there's absolutely zero. And we know that our, our kids know that. So uh, that that puts an emphasis on our preparation as a football team right now in spring and in the fall uh, just that much more. And, and we understand that we've got a limited period of time here to get some young men ready to play and, and, and to be able to play successfully uh, right out of the get go um, when we you know uh, jump into our, our first game there against Montana State. So. Um, th there's no question that we're going to have to have some young men grow up quick and, and there's going to be probably some bumps uh, along the road. Some guys are going to have to learn and, and, you know, throughout with experience, but it's our job to get them ready and we will, we'll, we'll, we'll get our young guys ready to play. Uh, but it is a great schedule. We're excited about it. We're excited for the opportunity, um, you know, to, to fly out there and play Montana state week one is, is going to be a lot of fun. And again, a great challenge and we'll have a really good uh, idea on where we are as a football team after we play a really good opponent right out of the gates week one. Why do you think your team has been so good on the road the last couple of seasons? You know, we, we've got, it's just the, the, the mindset and the mentality of our kids. Um, and it's just a, a testament to them. And, 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 you know, our, our guys, 
um, really have, um, and, and we still got the core nucleus of the leadership still on this football team, even graduating a lot of older um, guys. But we've got a bunch of guys that understand that, hey, you know, to, to win and then to be successful as a football team doesn't matter where you play. And you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you've got to enjoy you know traveling on the road and being in hostile atmospheres and different environments and staying in a hotel versus sleeping in your own bed all those little things that make it and uh you know uh, uh you know that that you know taking away that home field advantage our guys um i think that they they've really just bought into uh, to you know enjoying that process of being out on the road being together as a team playing for each other and only having each other when you're on the road. I mean, that's all you have. I mean, it, it's you and your teammates. And, and, uh, and so our guys have, have, we've had a, a lot, a lot of success on the road. And I think it's just the mentality that our guys, uh, carry with us when we are away. You guys made the FCS playoffs this year. Um, and you, you fell to Weber state in the first round, mm-hmm. which in, in my opinion, there's no way you guys should have met in the first round to begin with. It was not a first round matchup, um, for, for either of you guys, but what did you take away, you know, as a group from, from this year's playoffs? Well, I, I think that, you know, we, we, we saw that we're, we're very close and, and, um, and we saw that we've got, I think that we've got the right um, – I think that our program has um, right now the, the things in place for us to continue that success, and, and we're starting to see that. And um, I think that the biggest thing that the team now, our 2018 team's taken away from that is that, okay, guys, we are – you know, we, we, we were in the first round of the playoffs, played an unbelievable opponent in Weber State, who obviously after playing them, I have just so much respect for how they play – um, and, and, and that they play very similar to how we play and, and what we pride ourselves in toughness and a, in a physical approach. And, uh, but I, our, our team, um, is not satisfied with just a first round playoff appearance. And, and I think that when you get that taste in your mouth and then the guys experience that, which is an, is a great experience for your football team and our younger kids that are all returning, uh, that they want it again, but they understand the work and the amount of work that it takes to get there. It is not something that because you were there last year guarantees you another spot. It doesn't work that way. And, and our kids understand that, that this is a, a brand new start. It's a brand new team. It's a brand new season. And uh, the amount of work that it takes to get to that spot. And then once you get there, it still guarantees you nothing. It doesn't guarantee you a win just because you win eight games in the, in the, in the best conference in, in FCS you know, football in the Missouri Valley Conference. It doesn't mean you're going to get a round one win. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get a, a round one bye or anything like that. So I think our kids learned a lot through that experience. And they understand that just how difficult it is to get there and how difficult it is and how many good teams there are out there that are all battling for those limited amount of uh, spots. So um, I think that our kids took that away with them. I think there was some maturity through that and it kind of an eye-opening, um, you know, experience of, of uh, the, the amount of work and the preparation and, um, and the detail that it takes to be able to get to that level on a consistent basis. I worked a couple of your games the past this past season um, for the Valley Game of the Week, and one stands out in particular to me. You guys were on the road at Illinois State. You know, you, terrible first half for you. Um, you know, all kinds of penalties. You were down fourteen nothing at the half, and then you come back. I mean, you guys were a great second half team this past year. You come back and you score thirty one unanswered points. And I remember being on the sidelines and watching Sean McGuire 
just have total command of the huddle. Um, I mean, you know, his leadership is just off the charts in terms of the way he can get guys to play for him. Um, you know, and as a former quarterback yourself turned wide receiver, what impresses you most about him and, and specifically his leadership ability? Yeah, that's that, that's it. That, that is Sean. And, and that to me is what makes any quarterback unique and different. Um, there's a lot of guys that can throw the football. There's a lot of guys that can have the physical ability. But what separates you are all those intangibles. Um, and Sean has every single one of them. He makes people better. And it's just his personality. It's it's his charisma. It's who he is as a young man. It's his God-given ability. He has the, that, um, you know, gift that some people have. He can walk in a room and it lights up. And he makes everybody uh, has the ultimate amount of respect for him. His teammates do because he's earned that respect. And um, just not by how he plays. Everybody, again, sees that. But it's how he works, how he prepares. And um, so Sean is he's a special, special man and he's a special player. Uh, and uh, he is uh, he, he does. He carries himself just differently than a lot of guys do that I've seen. And, uh, and he has that ability to step into a huddle. He has full command of it. He has uh, tremendous confidence in himself and in his teammates and in his coaching staff. And, um, and he does. He just makes people better around him. And, and, and that's what, to me, is, is what true leadership is. Do you have the ability to maximize the talents of people around you and, and to make them better? And, and we talked about motivation earlier. Sean is a great example of that. I mean, the way that he can motivate his teammates uh, to play at their highest level or to, to play with maximum effort um, is phenomenal. He is a true big play guy in key moments as well. He just has He's got that true ice water in his veins. You know, I mean, the, the guy just is not phased. You know, nothing's too big for him. He doesn't get he doesn't get big eyed or bright eyed. He, he handles it. He handles the good and the bad the same. Um, he just has tremendous maturity at that position, is which is what you want in, in your quarterback. A guy that understands he that you know how to detach himself from the emotions of a football game. That constant roller coaster ride that every football game has, which makes it the greatest game to watch, right? I mean, it's the constant ups and downs. Where to play that position and to play it well, you have got to have the ability to detach yourself from that. And, uh, and to play with a level head and a great amount of maturity and poise. And he has that, and our team feeds off that. And, uh, and so that, that's what allows us to be able to respond when you're in a hole and, and there's no panic and, and there's no, and, and it's just, hey, keep playing. And, and, and that confidence that, that Sean um, can instill into our, our, our kids. Uh, so uh, he is, he's a special guy. He's doing a great job right now. Uh, he's really continued to step into a leadership role for us, which we've needed uh, because we've got a lot of young, we got some younger players around him. And, uh, and Sean, he's just one of those kind of guys, again, that takes the torch and runs with it. And he, he, he loves that stuff. He, 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 uh, he really feeds off of all that. And, and uh, so he, he's, he's everything you want in a quarterback and in a young man. And, and, and as a leader, he's everything you want. You were part of some great teams at Miami of Ohio when you were there. Did did your first year? Did you overlap at all with Ben Roethlisberger when he was yeah, there? Yeah, we yeah we did. We overlapped there uh, briefly and and uh, learned a lot from Ben. He he is a, he was obviously a special talent. But no, I was very fortunate. Uh, had some great coaches, uh, great coaches. Terry Hepner uh, was one who who just made a major impact on me um, as a player. 
and um, learned a lot from him. But then, you know, really, you know, had some great teammates and and uh, some we were on we had some really good teams, and uh, and that makes it fun. But you know, what's always something again, you go back to relationships and and uh, and people. I was fortunate enough to have great coaches, great teammates, and those are the things you take away. Um, from your experiences, you remember great wins, tough losses, and all those things. But the you know the, the, those power and those relationships that you develop during your time, wherever you go to school, they go with you the rest of your life. And so I was so fortunate to have just some really good, really good teammates, great friends. They still are today. And uh, you know, we I, I had a great a great experience at Miami as a player. Do any of your current players ever ask you about your you know the teams you're on? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that's that's pretty standard for any coach, you know. They 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 want to know, um, you know, what your stats were and, and <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff, uh, you know. And I always tell them, you know, I I, I don't I have many stats I can tell my guys, but yeah, um, you know. So, but uh, but yes, you know, our our kids do. The kids always want to know, you know, what your experiences were as a player and all those things. I appreciate it in your introductory press conference because you made reference to the fact you have an army of women at home uh, and your wife, Jamie, and then you have you have three young girls under the age yeah. of five. And so how do they keep you balanced and, and grounded, you know, given the day to day intensity of football? Yeah, well, they are. I tell you, I, I've got an unbelievable wife, first of all, to you know, you have to have a, a woman that really understands this profession. Yeah. And, uh, and my, my wife is just, she, she's so supportive and, uh, and behind us in this program and our coaching staff and players. And, and, uh, and then the, the, my, my three young girls, uh, Ava's five, Sadie's three, and then Clara, my youngest is one. And it is, you know, you need to have, like you said, balance where you can be able to go home and just completely separate, you know, work from your, your, your family and your home. And that's important. And that's only, you know, fair to my children too, that, you know, and so, you know, that's just one thing that when I go home, you can't take home worth, you know, take work home with you all the time. And, and uh, they, they need daddy time as much as I need, you know, time with my, my kids, you know, just to yeah. be able to clear my head and play with them and throw them around. But, but they are, uh, it's, it's like a hurricane has just hit my house <laughs> half the time and God bless my wife. She's chasing them around all the time, but, but they're, they're unbelievable. They're, you know, we, we have an open door policy in this program to our families. And that is very important to me is I want um, our wives and our children and our families to be involved and touch this program on a daily basis, because that is a big part of well, our lives as coaches. And our kids need to see that. Our players need to see that. And they need to see what it means to be a, a father. And they need to see what it means to be um, a husband. And, and they need to see what that looks like. And that's, a, to me, is, is as much of a responsibility as us as a coaching staff is preparing our players uh, to play football is to help prepare them for life. And they're, they're going to get into a relationship one day and get married and have children. And to see their coaches being able to interact with their family is man, there's just, there's so much value to that to me. And so, um, and it, it's important as many hours as we're putting in a lot of times, um, our, our families need to be in here with us and, and to be able to, to get in here and see their dads and, and see their husbands as well. So that, that's very important to me. That's, that will not change. That's going to be a part of our program. And, uh, but it, it is an absolute blast having, having three young girls. That's for sure. They, they, they keep you going. There's no, there's no dead moment. That's for <laughs> I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you maybe you you just said it because you kind of touched on it, but you know when your players when they leave Macomb after four or five years, however long it may be till they graduate, 
Um, what's the biggest thing you want them to leave with? I, I would be very proud if every one of our players left Western Illinois and they leave with a with not just one or two, but with several relationships that they know that they have other men in this program that truly love them and care about them far beyond football, far beyond anything else. And and when you've got that um, built within your program and, and you've got a, a program where our players know that, that there is a um, to me, it's like any healthy family dynamic. It all starts their strength in that, their strength in your love for one another. And so, you know, everyone says we have a family. We have a family here. Well, to to me, for us to have that, we've got our kids need to know that their coaches care about them. And they need to leave this program in four to five years and have built relationships with their coaches, with their teammates, that they know there is a genuine amount of love and care for each other. And they leave here with a lot of those um uh, principles and values that of, of what it means. Cause again, I think everything in life at the end of the day is about those relationships and, uh, wh- whether it's in the work world and with your family, whatever it is, it's about relationships. And, and I want our young men to be able to leave here and understand the power of relationships and, and the power of people and, and things aren't about, um, all the superficial on the surface things that that's not what it's about. And I think a lot of young men get caught up in those and, and um, and uh, gear and equipment and the glitz and the glamour and the flash. Yeah, that's great, but that's not what it's about. It's so much deeper than that. And I want our program to be deeper than that. I want us to be able to touch young men's lives and be able to leave here to say, okay, I have built relationships that I know we're going to re- you know last a lifetime. And you're living proof of that because I mean, look at you know your relationship with Charlie Fisher from high yeah. school, and then here you are succeeding him at uh, Western Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. It, it, it is. And again, I, I think that anybody can look and anybody can look at their life and look at the people that touch their life and the relationships they have. And they can all all say the same thing that at the end of the day, that is what matters. You know, that that is what's important. And so I, it's no different for the kids in our program. Coach, uh, it's been fun to, to visit with you today and get to know you better. Uh, you know, and I look forward. I think we have you guys. I want to say week three of conference season this year. I think we're coming to Macomb. I, I got to double check that. But awesome. um, you know, well, you're always welcome, Kelly. You know that. Yeah, no, right I do. Here. And I, you know, I, I I have to add. You know, Charlie was always one of the guys that I considered one of the the great gentlemen of the Missouri yeah. Valley Football Conference. And it's it's obvious that you know you're very similar to him. So that's that's awesome to to have at the league level. Um, you know, and just finally, just a happy Easter. To you yeah, and your family you. this weekend. You too. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. If you like what you heard from Jared Elliott and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, please take a minute to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Bleacher Bums, Two Birds on a Bat, and The Drop. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football's First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.